Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Hello, this is AJ Bingham. Our guest today is Emily Chenevere, the CEO of the Austin Board of Realtors. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thanks so much for having me. So I should have add, added, you're the youngest and the first female to be CEO of the Board of Realtors. I am, yeah. Great. It's about time, yeah? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, well, let's get into, first, uh, your background and you know your path to CEO of the, of the association. I know our paths across in prior roles Um when I was in my my, my former associ- my former association job, and uh, respect you there, and you know, kind of been following you since. But let's let the public know kind of your path to sure. this role. Sure, thanks. My path to CEO of the Austin Board of Realtors has been one by way of advocacy work. So my involvement in the association was um, that of first a line staffer overseeing political and public affairs work, and then director of government affairs at the Austin Board of Realtors. I expanded my scope to take on the communications and marketing at ABOR as a director of public affairs. Um, and then much, much later, just within the last few years, took on the chief operating officer role, uh, a larger kind of more strategic and leadership role here at the Austin Board of Realtors. And in April, I was named the CEO. So. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, how, how long have you been in this industry? Yeah, uh, forever. I mean, I graduated in 2005. I very quickly hopped into um, an association line staff position, and I've kind of wandered between both the Austin Board of Realtors and the Texas Association of Realtors ever since. Mm-hmm. I can't get away from them. No, no. They're, I, think, I don't think, uh, well, being in this part of the sandbox, you, you realize how how powerful, I would say, and I don't know hyperbole, the associations are, the realtors associations are yeah. at the state and local level, which I want to get into, we'll get into that, the policy parts in a moment. But can you just give us a broad view of what your association does? I get, I sure. definitely know the advocacy part and all that, but what are the kind of the, the all the services and scopes of things y'all do yeah. for your members? Yeah, absolutely. We are 13,000 members strong. We are both an association, which is a not-for-profit uh, entity focused on serving our members by way of our lines of business advocacy, being a direct support at City Hall, ensuring that we're maintaining a high quality of life here across Central Texas. We provide professional uh, standards and professional development opportunities to ensure that realtors are improving their professionalism, having access to classes and designations that help improve the experience of their clients and improve their expertise in our market. And then we provide just broader business services, networking, ensuring that we're a resource to all of our members who are independent contractors and have unique needs as an independent contractor, just kind of a general community for them to be successful. We also own and operate the MLS system, which is the multiple listing system. It's the piece of technology that operates the marketplace for us. So every listing, all the sales and transactions are captured in the MLS, and that's where the offer of compensation is made to ensure that both sides of a deal are getting paid, Mm -hmm. and it's uh, the broadest marketing opportunity for any uh, home seller to list their property and ensure that they're getting the most number of eyeballs on that. Okay, very good. And I want to mention, too, we're actually recording uh, one of the other services the association provides is uh, recording space. Oh. We're recording today in uh, their their lovely sound room, soundproof room, and uh, I think people will notice that in the quality of this, pod- this episode. Yeah. Um, so I want to get to your vision as CEO of going to 2019. I would preface that by saying, I mean, as most folks know, the Austin residential real estate market and commercial real estate market too is I would say scorching white hot, nuclear hot. Yeah. So I would say looking in, you would think that 
you know, everything's great, right? You know, yeah. just houses are selling, prices and values are up, and things are good. But what are some of the – what are you seeing coming in 2019 sure. um, as your vision for the association and navigating into that? And then we'll, we'll delve into the policy matters from there. Sure, yeah. Um, it's hard to disconnect the policy from what our vision is, you know. Our vision is to continue to sustain a strong and powerful marketplace in Austin, Texas and across the Central Texas region. That is only possible if we have enough housing capacity to meet the needs of all of the clients that my realtors are serving. Mm-hmm. And right now, we don't have that kind of capacity. So, And to note, too, we're not just talking about, I think people in their minds think of realtors, single family units. We're talking also about um, townhomes, condominiums. Oh, absolutely. I think it's, it's commonly, commonly referred to, at least in Austin, as the missing middle. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So our our members serve the needs of the people moving into Austin, those that are here today and those that want to be in Austin. Mm-hmm. And they Which can't, is everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and they can't, yeah, no doubt. And they can't do it very easily right now because there's not enough housing capacity to go around to meet those clients' needs. Mm-hmm. So um, our vision is one that includes a newly uh, rewritten development code. It includes a strategic housing blueprint that provides for different types of housing, just as you referred to earlier. Um, And it's one that calls on our region to be a little more cohesive and more strategic as a region, um, recognizing that Austin is the anchor in the middle of that region, but calling on our leadership to be uh, more collaborative and more engaging as a as a region uh, as a whole. Mm-hmm. This being city, you know, our city officials and our county officials. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, I don't think people realize just you know, especially the amount of explosive growth that has happened just north of Austin in Williamson County. Yeah. And then in south of Austin, Hayes, Hayes County you know, and San Marcos. Yeah. Well, Williamson County, they just got uh, the, the Apple Campus is coming there. So in addition yeah. to the, the already corporate major corporate footprints there. Yeah. Um, and that just happened earlier this week, which is a big announcement for them. Right. And the truth is what's good for Williamson County and what's good for Hayes County is good for Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. You know, this this region is connected and we have to be willing to share that growth in a way that makes it um, sustainable long term. Mm -hmm. So that that was a great win for Williamson County. That's a great win for for our economy, which means it's a great win for realtors. And we're excited to see what happens. Yeah. So let's get into City Hall, Austin City Hall. So what are some of your developing priorities, you know, just based on, we do talk about the land, the land use code, um, yep. potential land use code coming out in 2019, but are there any, let's say, you know, second or first and second quarter things you're looking at? We just have new council that's coming in, who will be sworn in on the 7th of January, um, a relatively new city manager. He's been here a little, right, as of this recording, a little under a year. Mm-hmm. So a lot of changes, four new, potentially new assistant city managers. A lot of things happening politically and Paul on the staff side. Yeah. Um, and where do, where do y'all where do your priorities fit in there? Yeah. Well, let me start at the top. I mean, I'm excited about the new city manager. I think uh, Spencer's doing a great job. I think he's really had a hard year of kind of settling into some big projects that he was handed in the eighth inning of a of a long process. Mm-hmm. And just crises too. The bomb scare we had. The Absolutely. water. Absolutely. He's navigated deal. a lot, and I think he's done a great job with that. And I think he's going to continue to grow in our community and be an asset to us. He he needs to name strong leaders, mm-hmm. and my hope is that maybe today or tomorrow, even we're going to hear, um, you know, who who he's putting in place to be the support team that he needs to continue to grow um, the culture and the leadership expectations that he has across this the city staff. Mm-hmm. So I think those are important hires for him. He needs to get it right, and I think he will. Uh, uh, that aside, the the issues that we're focused on are definitely, you know, where do we pick up the ball now that Code Next has a, essentially failed to some degree? Refresh you, know? you on what Code Next 
was may it rest yeah, in peace. Yeah, well, what it was was years of painful conversation around the potential rewrite of our land use code. Mm-hmm. And what that means in very simple terms is where can houses be built? What kinds of houses can be built? What kind of commercial development can happen? It's the roadmap for how our community grows and evolves. And um, when people talk about the growth that we've had, they have to recognize that we need a new game plan for what Austin looks like. Um, given the fact that we have grown the way we have and we expect to continue that growth. That train has left the station. Mm -hmm. So um, watching, you know, changes in the land development code, being a part of that and a strong stakeholder at the table is an important priority for us next year. We're also really interested in the strategic mobility plan. Um, Transportation is the number one pain point when it comes to quality of life in Central Texas and Austin. Mm -hmm. And if we don't start to fix that problem, uh, that economic engine that we that we we see in the city and, and that continued growth with campuses from Apple and expanded uh, economic development with new new growth is, is not going to continue. Yeah. So we have to we need to take care of the problem that is hitting us in the face. And that's transportation right now. Yeah. Are y'all, is the is the associate is able or tied in as well to the capital or capital metro Austin's um, transit network with their yeah. project project, project connect. connect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, what is what would be best for Austin is a, a much stronger and more cohesive relationship between Cap Metro and the city of Austin and the representatives that serve on the Cap Metro board. I think that we're going to see that. Um, and I think that there's new leadership at Cap Metro just as there is new le- staff leadership in yeah. the city. I think uh, Randy Clark, the That's CEO right. of Cap Metro, is been here maybe just a month just earlier a or later than yeah. Spencer Cronger, city yeah. manager. And there's great opportunity there with fresh eyes and fresh blood. They've got to continue, though, to dig into the existing baggage of our community, dig into existing constraints and opportunities, and be sure that they're uh, tapping into our history also, not just coming in with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. Then on the council side, we're, we'll, we're coming back in again. They, they reconvene on January 30th, I believe. We have two new seats, uh, two new members on the dais, yep. D- District 1, Natasha Hopper-Madison, and District 1, which is Central East Austin, and then Paige Ellis in Southwest Austin, District 8. Right. Um, have Just with this new council, um, you know, both of us had watched the elections. There should be a decided shift, just from what I'm, just from, uh, what I'm hearing in the sandbox, towards more... Um, just more, uh, more of a willingness to want to pursue a, a, a land use, to, you know, rewrite some parts of the code. Yeah. But what what is Abor's? How are y'all looking at the council? Like, what are your what are your views on this, on this current yeah. council? Yeah, I in? mean, our hope is that the results of this most recent election embolden their ability to be strong leaders. Mm-hmm. We have seen a council that's been a little pensive and a little tentative around making hard decisions, especially leading up to the election, and that's understandable given the politics at play. But um, we expect now that they take on the task of really prioritizing what's most important in this community and then making that happen in the Land Development Code, in the Project Connect, in the Strategic Mobility Plan. All of those plans require um, a real deliberate effort towards the priorities that matter most to our community. Mm-hmm. And we hope that they'll get, get engaged in that and set those priorities. Not everything can be equal. Yeah. Well, good. I want to, and last piece I want to get to is, again, coming back to you, you're the youngest CEO this group's had and the first female, and you know, and an organization that's nearly, nearly it was, it was nearly 100 years old. 1926 right. was founded. What, you know, so there are basically all the folks here who are probably older than you <laughs> and everything else. So <laughs> just a few. <laughs> in terms of you know, I think this is what I'm getting at is getting some advice from you because I think your role you're in, a lot of folks. Um, 
can whether whether in the industry or the you know where it may be can yeah. can uh, like to hear from right as they're rising and rising into higher levels of leadership, but definitely they're aiming for the top seat. Yeah. What does it look like? You know, when you're walking in a room and you're the only person that looks like you. Yeah, and maybe that's what I'm getting at. Oh yeah, I and, mean, and leading that. Yeah, so like I can uh, my greatest example of that was uh, being pregnant with two boys as a lobbyist was a real. <laughs> fun Mm -hmm. at times experience and and awkward experience at other times. I think, you know, I'd walk into a a lobby appointment ready to talk advocacy and speak about the issues of importance to realtors. And people wanted to ask me about the baby and my due date. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, you have to leverage that asset. If, um, connecting with people on a personal level is something that I have always done. It has definitely, um, made me, get to the places that I have gotten to. It has enabled me to have this path towards, um, you know, seeking this higher seat and and being in this leadership position. Uh, And so, you know, being willing to both talk shop and talk personally and and give of yourself uh, will take you a long way. And I think that's something that is really unique to female leaders, especially. I think we do that in a way that's different than our male counterparts. Mm-hmm. So that that's one thing I encourage is give of yourself, be real and be genuine and open. And I think that that opens the pathway for professional relationships in a way that your male colleagues will not always. Um, being really, really young in this position is fun. It's, um, you know, I think that what I provide the 55 people that work for me is a level of enthusiasm and passion that they haven't had before. And I think that does come in part with my age. It also just comes with who I am and the kind of leader that I want to be. But, you know, my motto has always been, I put my head down at work. I make Mm. my bed with my members. I make sure that I have my finger on the pulse of our 13,000 realtors. And if I know what they need, then I can give it to them. So that's my best advice. All right. Emily, thank you for being on the show. We'd love to have you back on um, as the year gets underway. I'm sure it'll be a very interesting one. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.